Hi everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Sustainable Cannabis Coalition podcast, in which we talk all things sustainability with some of the most distinguished experts in the cannabis industry. Today, our host Dana Hillman will be talking with Nancy Curry from Middlesex Integrative Medicine and with David Eagleson, Hans Dietrich, and Justin Peterson from Outlaw Technology, an industry leader in RFID data capture solutions and founding member of the Sustainable Cannabis Coalition. We'll be discussing RFID tracking and inventory management technology and its place in furthering sustainability by increasing visibility in the operation, increasing labor efficiency, and easing automation in the seed to sale system. Stay tuned for a great panel and a great conversation. Hi, Nancy, Dave, Hans, and Justin. Thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Happy to be yeah. here. Yes. Thank you, Great Dana. Too. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Hans. So, listeners, if you're not familiar with Outlaw Technology, they work in an area of cannabis and have technology that's really critical for cannabis producers, making sure that they're in compliance with state laws and then also making sure that each plant's location is accounted for. But before we do that deep dive, I'd really like to go around our virtual coffee table and give our listeners a bit of context. So if you all can share a bit of your background, that would be great. So why don't we start off with Nancy, then Dave, then Hans, and Justin. So I'll shut up now. So Nancy, can you uh, start us off? Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, my name is Nancy Corey. I'm with the president of Middlesex Integrative Medicine. We're a cannabis um, cultivator and retailer in Massachusetts. I became involved in the industry um, uh, really as a result of a family member that had benefited from the use of cannabis, uh, medical cannabis as an alternative to opioid pain relief, um, relief fighting uh, a good fight against terminal cancer. Um, this, wow. yeah, and uh, you know she um, uh, received a lot of relief and and a better quality of life. And so, you know, having learned about this through her, um, that aligned really well with um, some of our other founding members with MIM, um, who are also seeking uh, alternatives to opioid pain relief through their industries. Um, my professional background was uh, uh, an executive director for uh, a law firm for the past couple of decades. So it was it was also an interesting tie-in in terms of the new legislation and complex tax issues. So we found that to be you know, pretty fascinating um, to be a part of that uh, new emerging industry. So um, that's just generally it in a nutshell, how we got um, involved in the cannabis industry. And uh, now we're we're operating and and looking forward to um, to joining this um, new uh, exciting. That's great, Nancy. So that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's it's immensely personal to you, but also you're as a producer and, and cultivator, uh, you you're going to have some very unique um, <laughs> experiences to to pass along in this podcast. I'm really glad to have you here, um, Dave. What about yourself? Yeah. So a little background on me. So I've been in the data collection uh, space. That's basically barcode RFID type of technologies and softwares for 20 plus years. So working with a lot of large multinational companies, Walmarts and Boeings and J&Js of the world. So how I got into the cannabis space, I was uh, founded Outlaw Technology about three years ago, um, really at the behest of uh, the CEO of Metric. So Jeff Wells and I have known each other for 20 years. I'm very familiar with the Metric team. 
what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. What became apparent was Metric is very focused in on their systems for the state requirements, the compliance, which is definitely needed. What wasn't happening was systems to really help people like Nancy and Middlesex on inventories, tracking, and things of that nature. So it really opened an opportunity to leverage the expertise of myself and the team members. You'll hear that from Justin and Hans. So I think we're well positioned to, to help people. So um, that's really kind of how we got started. That's very cool. Hans, what about yourself, man? Hey, Dana, great to be here. I, um, I got involved primarily because of Dave. I've been in, in sales and working with startups and starting my own companies for over 20, 25 years, right after leaving the government. And Dave and Justin, the two founders of Outlaw, and I worked together at another company a few years back. And when I saw what they were doing, Dave showed me about three years ago, uh, I was really intrigued. And when the opportunity arose about a year ago, Dave said, hey, you've asked me if I wanted to come over. And I absolutely did. I saw what Dave and Justin had put together, and I knew they had something that was going to really help cultivators. I came to cannabis through them. I uh, didn't have much involvement with it before. I grew up as a preacher. I was a preacher's kid, and then I worked for the government. So <laughs> I really... Uh, yeah, so now you're with a company named Alba. Yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Well, um, and also, Justin, I know you're a key team member, too. Maybe a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. So my background is uh, I grew up in small town Massachusetts. My father was an engineer, a software engineer, so he really got me into the you know writing code part of things. Um, I worked up here in Massachusetts for a couple of years and then moved down to Virginia to work for a software company that specialized in RFID technology used for inventory. So it was, it's very mm -hmm. fitting for uh, what we're doing now. Working at that company is where I met Dave and Hans, and Dave came to me with this vision for Outlaw Technology, and, and I just really saw eye to eye on it. So we broke off and started Outlaw. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's get right into this. So Dave, I'm going to direct this to you, sure. and, and everyone feel free to, to kick in. But when it comes to sustainability, I think it's probably important to broaden the aperture a bit. So in many cases, when we hear the term sustainability, people think of reducing water, energy consumption, especially related to cannabis. But before any of that can be addressed, you actually have to be able to stay in business. So that said, I don't want to assume that any of the listeners understand what RFID and, and tracking technology is and what it's used for within the cannabis space. But if you could quickly take a few minutes to outline really what it is that you do and why it's important, that would be Sure, and no, I appreciate that. So sustainability, in my, my point of view, from where we come from, is, is really visibility. So the term visibility and sustainability, in my mind, are interchangeable. Why is that? If you look at industries, which I've been involved in prior to uh, starting Outlaw, you know, the Walmarts of the world, if you really look at someone like Walmart, their business is really, they're a supply chain logistics company that just happens to have storefronts. They know how to move product, where to put it, where it should be. As it relates to the cannabis space, if you look at what's happening, the sustainability side is, you know, what should I grow? Where should it be as far as uh, availability? What products should I ultimately put it in? All of these decision-making um, uh, parameters really come from data, right? I need to know what my customers want. I need to know then what I should actually grow. And then when I grow it, how do I package it? So when, as you pointed, things like 
water and uh, energy and things are critical, but sustainability also is visibility in the sense that the more you understand what's going on, the better efficiencies, less labor is used, less waste has occurred because now you're building product or, or packaging product correctly. So that's kind of how I view it. Um, and the RFID component really falls into it where labor is a big aspect of this industry and accountability for compliance. So the more we can do automation, the more we can make it simple for the individual or people like Nancy and her team to be able to accomplish the same task in half the time. I think that's what really is sustainable and helps these companies uh, grow. And that's a nice pivot too. So Nancy, you're actually a activator. So is this technology you use and have you found that this is, you know, just from a day-to-day perspective, helpful in, in your business operation? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, one of the things that um, that we had experienced was um, learning about, you know, we, had, were, we were aware of the technology. And of course, as a, um, as a startup, as, as we were getting launched and working through the um, uh, process of just getting, getting everything set up and running, we were working through a more manual process just by the nature of timing and, and getting things up and going, we knew that there were better ways to get things done. And, um, you know, so we, we were observing the team, uh, let's say, struggling a bit with their inventory processes and mm-hmm. staying compliant in a timely, efficient manner. And, um, you know, our compliance officer had learned about Outlaw Technology through a seminar that was given um, at, the, um, at the CCC. And so, you know, when we reached out to the Outlaw um, team, you know, once we got those devices on board, uh, it just changed everything. We had uh, people who were working on inventory processes that were taking almost uh, two days to complete, now achieving the same thing more accurately, um, more efficiently within less than two hours. So for us, uh, making that transition and, you know, taking advantage of that technology was was invaluable yeah it's it's interesting because i've been to um more grows than i can remember and seeing rows and rows and of plants and just mass canopy and knowing that each one of those has a tag that has to be accounted for um to be able to stay in compliance is, is pretty big now this is just a broader question but is every state the same or do you have different um and, and Hans and, and Justin, maybe you know this, I'm sure you do, but does each state have different requirements? Many of the states have very similar requirements. They're under the same kind of umbrella. Uh, within that, there are a few discrepancies between states. Uh, they're usually pretty small, but there are some states out there that it's still not legal. It's still only medically legal. Um, mm-hmm. If other states are using a dis- a, a different system of you know tracking and compliance. So there are some differences, but there are there are a lot of similarities across the United States. It's a, what is it now? Fifteen states that use metric for their compliance system. Uh, a bunch of other states use BioTrack. Uh, Pennsylvania uses MJ Freeway and Washington. Uh, also MJ Freeway, and the, the others just don't really have a system, the other ones where it's legal. Uh, we're able to accommodate pretty much all of them, uh, except MJ Freeway in Pennsylvania. We're looking into that. And, uh, yeah, it's 
they have a lot of similar ways to do it, but little little variances in, in the compliance requirements and in the way they have to report. So we have to account for that. And Justin and Dave make sure that uh, we make the system work across the board. Well, I think, yeah, and having experience in that across multiple industries, that probably helps too. Yeah, and I would say the one thing too I'll add to that is is the reality of it is people have to understand the compliance side of this business was born out of you know Colorado's initial legalization. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of uh, states that are now joining or now coming on board are saying, wow, this is really onerous. You're, you're forcing me to tell you all this data. Why is that? If people understood that the, that the Colorado initiative was really, I guess, uh, you know, uh, that first effort into this industry, there was the federal government looming here, right? So the, yeah. the Colorado state legislature, the, the team that ultimately created Metric, Metric was a company that really was, a, was brought in to create this system because there was that underlining concern of the, uh, the states saying, well, you know, if you don't do it well, the federal government will effectively shut it down. They did do it well. They created a sustainable business that allows states to account for every plant, every package. They have that seed to sale mentality so that product, you know, authenticity, product safety, all of those things are being accomplished. So I think it's an interesting um, push uh, that the states actually are, are creating it. Now it's companies like ours leveraging the fact that they're doing it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because people think of cannabis as an emerging market, but from what I've seen, they have done it right to a, a large extent but you know in the broader context there's still probably quite a bit to be learned from established markets in, in terms of sustainability and what you said uh dave which was visibility since you've worked across multiple markets maybe give me a, an idea of how other markets um use technology like this and how it's going to be transferred into cannabis yeah, so I actually was involved in uh, early on in 2005 deploying RFID for the for Walmart. Everyone knows Walmart, you know, world's largest retailer. Walmart's issue was the fact that by putting an RFID tag on case level, they're able to then track product into not only their distribution center, then their store and out onto the sales floor. That visibility for them, they used to refer to it as the glass pipeline or the glass um, supply chain. What mm -hmm. that, that was, the, the vision of most of these companies is the minute I purchased a box of Tide at their store, they should be building another box at Procter & Gamble, which then should be heading towards a Walmart. The, the, the efficiency there is, is that you're managing and trying to cut out things like waste. If we look at markets, the companies that are most successful are those that really know exactly what's happening in their businesses, that they have true information to make decisions against. You bring that forward into the cannabis space. If I know every plant that I have in a room, I know that it's getting ready to be flowered and then harvested. All of that data starts to tie into what will I have available for my customer, my patients, you know, at a dispensary and how long will that take? The more the industry starts to embrace that and leverage what other industries have always done, I, I kind of equate it to I'm tracking me outlaw. I'm tracking a tag, whether it's on a plant, a Boeing part or a box of Tide. It doesn't matter. But the information it gives someone like Nancy to make a decision like we should be growing this product. I should be putting more of it in this next cycle because it's being so successful at point of sale. That's all driven by data. That's really interesting. And, and Nancy, is that how you're actually using it? Yes. Um, it, it Being able to track everything uh, from seed to sale, you know, at, Although, you know, of course, it's a core, a core requirement for our compliance <clears throat> does give us a great opportunity 
to monitor, you know, products that are, um, you know, where where they are in our production uh, schedule, where you know what's happening next, what the customers are are looking for, and um, you know what what's um, most popular on the on the sales front. So yeah, we're able to make use of all of those benefits using these products. Yeah, as Dave was alluding to earlier, it's this technology has been used now for deck. Now it's not just for compliance. They should be using this to get the the metrics and key performance indicators that they need. Just like Nancy said, they can identify the areas that can be approved. So they eliminate waste, eliminate processes and products that don't work or people don't buy and just focus on all those things that do work, uh, which obviously helps sustainability throughout the industry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Besides just being required for compliance, yeah, it's great for day-to-day -day management, but it's only as good as the data that you're you know, ingesting. If, if you have bad data, you're going to have bad data. So it, it really comes down to you know, how good is the data that you're collecting. So if you're just doing it by hand with manual entry, you run the risk of you know, a lot of human errors. So it's these kind of, you know, these technologies that can really in, improve your data so you have good data, but not just for compliance, day-to-day -day management too. Well, and just, by the way, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt Justin and Hans, but it, that's what I'm really interested in because when I go to grows, I see a lot of just paper on the side of build, you know, at the side of doorways, um, you know, Excel spreadsheets where it's almost like data goes to die. So are, are, are you starting to see that, um, you know, I'm not going to say in mass, but I think it's just like slow march. Are, are companies starting to embrace your technology and, and also uh, broader systems to be able to make sure that their data is not only input, but also accurate? Yeah, and I'll take this. Yeah, I would say that's happening. And I think really the initial uh, focus on the cultivators has been on product and, you know, the growing and the, the actual environment and so forth, which makes sense. But as they get more mature and things progress, the next step is, okay, how do we do it better? Um, you're right. Most people were doing it very manual. Um, you have a lot of software systems upstream, whether it's an ERP or an, an MRP or things of that nature that are meant to capture the data. What people sometimes lose sight of is, how did that data get into that software? How did you put it into the software to actually make a report, to do a decision? Yes. And that's, I think, where we try and, as I say, the rubber meets the road. We're trying to be that device that allows Nancy's team to walk into a room and, and do an inventory in minutes and then uh, check against the state system to ensure everything's correct. But more importantly, she now has good visibility of, okay, that's getting ready to move to the next level and we'll have that finished product by this time frame. So, yeah, I think that's that whole front is coming around. I think the industry is settling into what I would call a kind of a steady state. And now you have a lot of these multi-state operators, corporate entities stepping in. So naturally, they're bringing processes from their past lives, right? Pharmaceutical executives, uh, product people from, you know, uh, retail are jumping into the cannabis space and saying, hey, why don't we do this? No, I think that's really, that's impressive, actually. And the fact that you're on uh, I'm not going to say the the bleeding edge, but certainly leading edge because it's proven technology. But to see it make its way down into a, a nascent industry and hopefully um, help them become, well, not only more sustainable, but be able to use that visibility um, and make it matter. 
If I could add, Danny, without the automation, they just aren't going to be scalable either. It's what they need to do and for sustainability reasons, obviously, also. I would Absolutely. agree with that. Absolutely. Is there any um, line of questioning that may be good for a wrap-up on this uh, that you want to end with a, a bang on? Yeah, I think the thing is just, I think the, the resounding message, especially like for Nancy's group, you know, leveraging the metric tag, right? I mean, the fact is they purchased the tag, they don't have a choice, it's part of compliance. So now that you have that, you know, as a tool in your toolbox, you should at least take it out, you should use it. So I think that's the thing that we're trying to do is inform people in states outside of Massachusetts, whether it's Michigan, Maryland, you know, Colorado, California, hey, look, folks, you already have paid the price, you might as well get the value from it. And then therefore it's gonna help your sustainability like labor and you know things of that nature. Absolutely, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Having a, having a gun with no bullets doesn't make a lot of sense. That's how I view it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, you know, I could talk to you guys all day and um, hopefully we'll be able to do this again really, really soon. But thanks so much for taking time to explain what, quite frankly, a lot of people, even in cannabis, aren't really aware of the technology and also the glue and the, the data input to make all of the, you know, the tech decisions and, and the data decisions worthwhile. So, Nancy, thank you so much for coming on. And, and it's such delight to have someone that's actually an operator and someone that actually has um, uh, a vested interest in the industry. Thanks for having me, Dana. Really appreciate it. Dave, Hans, Justin, thanks so much. Uh, your insight is invaluable. I really appreciate, appreciate you all. Yeah, this is, we think. Yeah, and the sustainable side of things we think is critical. I mean, the reason we were founding members in, in the endeavor was we felt like, look, the industry is at a level where it's now starting to grow at such an exponential pace that you no know, sustainability will become critical for it to maintain and grow. So, yeah, we're excited to be a part of the group. I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you so much for really taking on this initiative. Um, it's such a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sustainable Cannabis Coalition podcast. If you like what you heard, tune into our next episode and make sure to check out our content on our website at sustainablecannabiscoalition.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Yep, we're pretty much everywhere. Till next time.